our news now. There's still no one, Kyle. We need to start, and I broke Miss Jen. This is great. Go! Oh, my gosh. This is so funny. All right. I, uh, hello, everybody. This is Nerd News Now uh, on Woodlands Online. We're having a goofy day today. Um, I have a complaint with with uh, DSW, Designer Shoe Warehouse. Can I can I make the complaint a yes, verbal? please. A public one? Like, no, no men should ever wear sandals. They should never wear multicolored sandals. <laughs> you know and what? <laughs> I got to go there and buy a pair just so I can uh, say, yes, men do wear those colored sandals. No. <laughs> I mean, the only thing worse than men wearing sandals is men wearing sandals with socks. <laughs> hey, whoa, 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 whoa. That's going too far. Mm -mm. I do that because I have, you know, my feet get my feet get cold really fast. But I only do that at home, so you know. <laughs> so okay, this Except is an, this soccer, is a topic that soccer. no one ever knew they wanted to hear about. Um, <laughs> as retailers who stand up for many many hours at a time, sometimes, what are your go-to shoes oh. for standing at the show at the at the at the store? I just bought these old men shoes and they're great because they've got like the old men inserts. Well, I thought you meant like old men. I didn't know that was a brand called old men. No, they're Skechers, but they're made for like. Oh, so they, I thought that was a brand you were referring to. They're beautiful. They're so comfy. It's like walking around on clouds. But yeah, uh, most retailers stand around on uh, what probably is 99% of the time uh, concrete floors. Maybe a tiny, thin, like, uh, construction weight uh, carpet. Yeah. Very, very lucky. Yeah. And usually, if it's not that, it's going to be linoleum, and that doesn't really have any give. So uh, retailers pay for it in their feet. You think it doesn't matter because you're, like, moving around a lot. But man, oh, man, I can tell you after years as a retailer, I definitely have gone to old man shoes and don't care. Yeah. I, uh, New Balance. New Balance for my go-tos. The old mannier, the better. Um, but I also, so uh, for those, well, Miss Jen probably knows this story. Brainy, you may have heard it. I almost lost my left foot um, a few years ago uh, because I broke it and then didn't take care of it like a normal person would. I just left it broke until it basically turned into gravel. So I had to have the whole thing reconstructed. And the end result of that is, is now I have one foot, like your feet are supposed to sit flat like this. I have one foot that just kind of lilts lazily to the left, like it's being driven by on Solo. Um, <laughs> so I have to get special shoes that have a roll bar in the back to force my foot back into position. Boy. And so uh, the only company that makes them is New Balance, and they look awful. Mm -hmm. But... I can stand for eight or ten hours and my feet don't hurt. There definitely comes a, a time when you you it's all function over form. I don't know what what age I got there, but I it was this this year for sure. <laughs> so, but I found form. New Balance or not New Balance Red Wing boots. Oh, make really nice looking. Uh, they're actually work boots, but they've got really thick insoles and really thick inserts 
and they look vaguely tennis shoey, uh, but they're not nearly as ugly as the new balance. So I'm switching to Red Wing shoes, Red Wing boots. Brady, do you spend a lot on your feet or no? Oh, I, I, I well, you know, you know me. I, I'm always uh, active. So when we're DJ, when I'm DJing, uh, well, except for the last few shows, I, I've been standing. So that's a couple of hours. Whenever I'm out at the store, that's you know five, six, seven hours. So yeah, I do, I do, uh, do spend a lot of time standing. However, I still feel um, uh, the shoes make the man. So you know, you've met me, you've seen the shoes I wear. Uh, I'm willing to at, at least, yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I still feel. There are there are days when I've spent you know twelve thirteen hours at the store, and when I come home, I'm like, oh my god, my feet are dead. So I, I you know I, I know the feeling, but I still feel that the shoes are uh, very important. So I you know I sacrifice a little bit of pain for it. But you know once I, like you said, uh, as you get older, it's going to change. So when I when I get to that point, I'll let you know. I'm not there yet. <laughs> Wait till I'm uh, Kyle's age. I'll let you know. We actually, you know, when I was young, we had wooden bottom shoes that uh, my grandmother had to cobble together. And if the if the nails got rotten, you got tetanus, and there was nothing they could do about it. (laughs) You make a really good old man, because I am one. (laughs) Though, for the record, my day, I'm I'm pretty sure I am older than Kyle, so. I think I'm going to be older than you as well, Miss Jane. You're, what, 26, 27, if I remember correctly? I think we're probably the same age, if I was going to guess. I think everyone in the industry is, like, 50, 51, or 52. I haven't hit that number yet, but, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm uh, 47, so, yeah, I'm I'm pretty close. I've got you beat. I'm I'm at 51, although I'm really technically at 50 and holding because I didn't get to have my 50th birthday yet because of COVID. Yeah, I, I hear you. I uh, I identify as mid seventies. <laughs> <laughs> there are. I, I really want to change my. I, I'm thinking about changing my TikTok handle to mid seventies millennial. Um, uh, but no, it's uh, you know, it's it's funny because you say that, and when I got into the industry, it felt like everybody was Gen X or older. And there were only two millennials that I knew, me and Timmy. Yep. And Timmy since, millennial? yeah, Timmy's I younger than I. Like, oh, I thought he was younger than that. Wow. Oh, he's, he's such a kid. Yeah, Timmy's Hi. younger than I am, but not by much. We're like right in the same ballpark. And then since then, I've made friends with the like nine of us there are. <laughs> but they're, they're a very small group of millennials in this industry. We need more, right? Because we have all these stories of, um, I'm thinking of like Tate that started when he was 13 or something. Like we have all these people starting when they were like, you know, way younger than they had any, any, uh, uh, real having a comic store that they owned. Or even a business. I don't think kids anymore. I think parents are all like, no, you got to go to college. Don't follow your dream. My parents are like, oh, go to college. And they're like, wait. We're sorry, you were wrong. <laughs> Just do something that will pay you. Oh boy. Yeah, like my, my kids aren't interested in the industry. Not not the way we are. So you know that that's another thing. Passing it on to the next generation. Um, 
it's tough to do. Um, my daughter's got my uh, theat theatrical gene, I guess. If, yeah. So, you know, she wants to go into entertainment and fashion. I can see her absolutely doing that. That goes way too much like her father. Way too much like her father. <laughs> I think she'll go far. She's a smart kiddo. Yeah, that's that's the problem. She's a smart teenager. <laughs> anyway, we we you know we just had a meeting about uh, staying on topic, right? <laughs> hey, the topic is being a retailer in comic books. So there was some news that affects your ability to be a retailer today, I guess. Hmm? Only in as much as uh, more chaos. This is this was good chaos though. We we were waiting yeah. for this to happen. Yeah. I mean, well, we it heard over and over and over again from AT&T and I've heard it from the insides of AT&T that they had no desire to be a publisher and it was they saw it as an ugly stepchild. How could they get rid of it fast enough? So I'm I'm actually surprised it took them this long to divest it to somebody. Now, I'm just hoping this somebody has the desire to actually do right by publishing arm. So come on, DC publishing arm. Wherever the new people are, let them do what they do best, which is publish comics. And that's that's what's going to be interesting is uh, what what will Discovery do? Will they will they make it better? Will they make it worse? Will they do exactly what's going on? Um, yeah, that, that's yet to be seen. So but it is still good news that um my apologies there. Um Oh my God! Sorry, I got a message and it just it, it completely distracted me. <laughs> but it, 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 we just have to wait to see what what happens. You know, it's a little bit too premature to see if it's going to be better. Um, right. But it, it I is... had a friend call me today and want to speculate wildly. I'm like, why would I do that? He goes, what do you mean? I go, why in 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 the business I'm in, what benefit do I have in speculating when I can just wait and see what happens? And and that's something and we we as retailers are guilty of doing that is, is, is speculating always reacting to early news and then complaining about it you know six months down the line um so this is one at least personally i like to wait and see what happens uh, maybe nothing mm -hmm. will happen you know maybe we'll still be complaining about the same issues we have right now six months down the line and say hey discovery didn't do anything different or well at least we're one thing they've done is given us hope yeah, I'm just excited for the deadliest catch comic. You know, uh, you know, get Tom King to write the deadliest catch the comic. Right. You know, it's about giant crabs that come up from the, you know, from the ocean and swallow, you know, boats whole. I'm all about it. No, Except that, that sounds like something that would come up from bad idea, doesn't it? Yeah, we need. Yeah, we can do a more realistic one than that for we like the true tale of behind the scenes something or other it's already dramatic enough why do we need to make pretend creatures right <laughs> who owns the rights to cthulhu i think cthulhu i i, I thought cthulhu might have been a public domain by now shouldn't it be Ooh. all right Thanks. disney all right all right discovery i see you <laughs> cthulhu week <laughs> Yeah, I, you, you'd think it's been out long enough that it should be public domain by now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, enough people write about Cthulhu in comics that 
It probably is, but, you know, it's still a fun joke to make. Um, Ask Dirk Manning. I'm sure he knows. Uh, yeah, or uh, Russell Nolte, who does a Cthulhu book, or who was it who did uh, C is for Cthulhu? Oh, didn't ask me. I would know it. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. It matters now. Now, now i got to figure out what it was. <laughs> you know, on other news, um, a lot of states are... You know, I know Texas has already done it, but a lot of states are removing mandates for masks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is a question that's been asked of me for quite some time. You know, the, over the weekend and everything, hey, are you guys going to open up and let people in? And um, because of HIPAA laws, we can't ask anybody whether they're vaccinated or not. So we are still going to require masks. We're still going to keep doing the safety protocols that we're doing. Um, you know, gloves, masks, temperature check and all of that, uh, and limited amount of people. We may increase the amount of people in the store, but we still want to be as uh, safe as possible. Um, what's your take, Ms. Jen? Uh, you can head in the same way or? So I, we made a, a sign that we put up on Monday that said, uh, please be patient with us. We still have staff members that are high risk that are also unable to get vaccinated because of the high risk that they have is that they're alert to what they would need to have to have this shot. So they can't get the shot. And that there's still some of us that are, haven't finished our second round. So it's not like everyone in the whole place has been fully vaccinated either. So we're telling them, please let us make sure everyone gets fully vaccinated for us, at least for staff. And then we'll figure out something from then. I think it may end up, we have one staff member that may not ever be able to get the shot and in that case we'll have to make a decision about whether they rotate to the warehouse permanently because that's the only other solution because we can't can't become permanently masked as a a store forever and ever endemic see i think i don't know that i'll ever have a time where i don't wear a mask in public going forward as as a high-risk individual i probably should have been wearing one for years during cold and flu season you know it's now it's just common sense and but what i'll do is i'll uh like oh i'm outside all right i'm not gonna wear a mask outside or i'm in you know when i'm in the grocery store i'll wear a mask especially if i'm gonna be in tight quarters Mm -hmm. um just because it's probably safer for me but especially here in ohio um largely my consideration what I'm hearing from other people, like-minded people, is that if you're walking around not wearing a mask, we're going to go ahead and assume you're not vaccinated. That you're one of the people who's lying. Just because everybody who's vaccinated seems to be like, I'm not in any hurry to stop wearing a mask. I'm all about helping the public good. That's why I got vaccinated. So why would I rush to not wear a mask? You know, it's... So it's it's kind of that double-edged sort of, I don't, it's not that I don't trust people. It's that, well, I don't trust people. So, you know, it's, what's the line from uh, from Pawn Stars? It's not that I don't trust you. It's that I don't trust anyone. Yeah. It's kind of how I feel about it. And so it's, I trust me and I can trust me to put a dang mask on. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's As the numbers get higher, I might not walk around with a bottle of sanitizer in my back pocket all the time. 
But, you know. One of the things to keep in mind also is, you know, in the past, there was still the stigma is, hey, I don't, I'm going to look foolish with a mask on. Nowadays, it's become common practice, so you don't have to worry about that. Walking around with a man, I'm sure people welcome you walking around with a sanit- bottle of sanitizer with you. Uh, and I don't think that'll change in the next year or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I, this is a very interesting uh, time right now. This, at least this month, this week. Where all the uh, states are removing mandates, and you know the retailers are left to have to decide on what they're going to do. Yeah, I think for some parts of the country, it'll be more contentious than other. Absolutely. Uh, we I, we kind of adopted maybe a month or two ago. I told the staff, I said, I'm I'm done giving F's. I'm done. That's the rules for the store. Comes in and wants to make a gripe out of it and say they're never ever going to come in again. You are not going to be in trouble for me by saying, I'm sorry, you still will have to put on your mask or you'll have to leave. Exactly. Um, not be in trouble with me at all. I don't care if we get one star reviews. It's like, it's, it's what people understand is it literally is some of my staff members' life and it's not a do over and I can't just one up and I can't get them back. They are irreplaceable human beings. So I'd rather lose. A customer too, and get a start one star review. The rest of our customers that love us and know us and have been coming to us for years and understand the situation we're in, those are the people I'm here to serve. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're it's, I, I I had this conversation with somebody early in the pandemic. I have people who I would have a year ago told you, "Oh, that's my aunt and uncle." That will never be a part of my life again. Because they chose to not wear masks, not isolate, not not do all the things, and then put my grandparents at risk because of it. Guess what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. want me to come to your kid's wedding? I'm going to send your kid a letter saying that I'm not coming to your wedding because your parents are morons. I'm going to be vindictive. I wouldn't go that far, but I, I, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Is well, and it's it's one of those things is that, luckily, the the their son agrees with me. Like, <laughs> their son's on my side, which is hysterical. <laughs> but you know, it's hey, I'm not coming, man. Like, let's go out and celebrate on our own after. Like, you, me, and the wife will go out, and I'll buy you a nice dinner, whatever. But I'm not coming. You know, it's that's the conversation I have to have is there are people who are no longer in my life and I don't miss them. Uh, look at it from the perspective. Are you going for your cousin or are you going for them? Or your aunt and uncle rather? I mean, it's 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 your cousin's wedding. It's, you know, in theory, you only have one wedding in theory. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. He'll be cool. It'll all be good. That's it's not a big deal. I mean, it really isn't. But it's that's the that's the situation though that I'm in, right? And by the way, not really my cousin, just somebody I call my cousin because my grandmother babysat us all as kids, like you know, <laughs> not actually blood relatives. So it's you know, um, it's not like you can give me a kidney. So I, you know, but those are the decisions I have to make. But. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I was in a I was in a comic shop this weekend where they are still 
come in the door, hit the sanitizers before you can touch any books. They are still... Ask staff if you want to open a bag and board. We don't want, you know, like, and they will show you the book behind the glass. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a store in Michigan that I think is largely going with the model of they'll probably never reopen to the public again. They're open two days a week. They do a ton of online business. Why would they bother having a storefront? That that you know? was talked about a lot in, uh, when we finally figured out how to deal with being closed for COVID. There were a lot of people that said that, like, do I need a storefront? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I like customers, so. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Uh, right. In-person people, I like talking to people, so I, I can't get that through my online <laughs> stuff. I have an answer on our Cthulhu question. Oh, excellent. I went to the, I went to the resident expert. Uh, Cthulhu is largely agreed to be in public domain at this point. And then he asked, why, what's up, what are you thinking? And I explained to him that Discovery bought Warner and got DC. Uh, I'm waiting for the deadliest catch meets Cthulhu. And he says, shut up, I'm writing it now. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Derek Manning? All right, Derek, tell us. What else I am I going to ask? Copy. <laughs> oh, boy. Should have figured. This on that one, Kyle? Hmm? Will you get co-creator on that one? I still couldn't understand you. So technically, shouldn't we all get co-creator on that one? Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm informing him of this. <laughs> <laughs> T- Tom, well, I'll write a blurb in there for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, done. How the Deadliest Catch Meets Cthulhu was born. There we go. Uh, me trying to make a terrible joke and it turned into a thing. <laughs> Isn't that how most writing is done, though? It's like you basically, you know, come up with a crazy idea uh, and, you know, it gets developed. I don't know if you guys ever. Um, um, oh, my God. What's Tony's last name? Please. Uh, Tony, please, for <laughs> Stray Dog. If you guys haven't, you should talk to him about how he came up with the idea for Stray Dog. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I, I'd rather have him tell you guys a story than spoil it, but it, it's pretty cool the way he came up with it. Um, uh, but yeah. So, just imagine. Um, no idea. <laughs> there was another big merger story today. What? Amazon is currently in talks to buy MGM for $9 billion. Wow. So they're going to... It would give Amazon ownership of over 4,000 film titles, including James Bond. Hmm. Uh, it would also, they would also get Rocky and Creed and 17,000 episodes of television programming. Um, the expansive library television programming includes Fargo, The Handmaid's Tale, Stargate Atlantis, and unscripted reality programs like the Hills, Shark Tank, and The Voice. The studio also owns the Epic's streaming platform, which currently hosts the Mad Mac franchise and Epic's originals Pennyworth and War of the Worlds. How much money was this? Nine, Nine bazillion dollars. 
So we can't like pool our money and beat them for it, huh? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, if every single retailer gathers all their money and all their collectibles, I think we get about a tenth of the way there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can just buy it on his own. There we go. Hey, you know, Gepi can probably afford it. He's He's got all the money, right? Mm-hmm. That would be so, funny as an industry and bought something to protect it. <laughs> the The only problem with that is uh, getting more than 10 retailers to agree on anything in our industry is like pulling teeth. <laughs> they, yeah, people don't know if they could pay you in nickels, pay their portion in nickels. And, and, yeah, right. <laughs> And, you know, it, it would be awesome. It would be amazing if we could actually get that pulled off, you know. I think that would be a bigger feat than actually buying out a big media company like MGM. Uh, just getting every... It's like eight, eight retailers on the comic book shopping network. That's the most, most ever worked together for and, and, 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're technically not working together, right? They're still, they're still independent. They're still doing their own thing. They're not... Uh, but if you try to, you know basically try to structure that it's going to be hectic <laughs> yeah i did the scheduling over there for years i know um, <laughs> but uh previously in talks to acquire this were apple and netflix um so there may be a bidding war uh it turns out that the reason people are high on and they're i think they're overvaluing mgm just a little is the network has tons of IP and tons of content and not a lot of people whose contracts you'll have to absorb. Ah. Interesting. So now are they just... High on content, low on people. Are they just talking about the... Because so I'm assuming they're not talking about all their hotels and everything else, right? Um, no, I think MGM hotels and MGM casinos are owned by a separate company. Are they? Okay. Yeah, I think it's... I, I think. I think that's all part of the win modality. Really? That'd be interesting to see how that works as well, then. Well, I think Steve Wynn owns the hotel casino resort part of MGM and just uses the name. Makes absolute sense. But don't quote me on it being Steve Wynn. It's one of them it, guys, though. Yeah. It could be Hilton as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not because as a person who gets a lot of Hilton information, it's not Hilton. Okay. <laughs> Won't argue with you on that one. But it, it could be one of the other, you know, resort Correct. companies. Um, I mean, there aren't that many out there. So, yeah, they're all they're all large conglomerates anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everything's owned by Nabisco. Nabisco? <laughs> or that, okay, or that, so there's yeah. this company called Mondell's that owns Nabisco and Pet. Like, they own a bunch of things. But if you really break it down into what Mondell's actually owns, like it's like the the story from 30 Rock where, you know, NBC is owned by GE, is owned by the Shinehart Wig Company. Like, it's that kind of thing. Well, it's the same scenario as the sunglasses and glasses, you know. At the, at the end of the day, everything is owned by one company. We just, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I, I read uh, the Oakley story, uh, what happened to Oakley, and I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe they took down such a big giant. Because Oakley was a giant back in the days, and they took him down and made him worthless and bought him for pennies. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So um, what other news happened? Jen sent us a bunch of news today. Um, that mm-hmm. 
forgotten what I read? Because I'm a terrible friend. Uh, I'm on my device, so I can't look. Uh, there is Mo, uh, Marvel's Modoc review, insanely hilarious and surprisingly heartfelt. So okay. they're actually going to make Modoc a sympathetic character now. How was that? That's, that's cool. So let's tell everyone what about Modoc. Because I'm probably 90% of America has no idea who Modoc is, other than maybe the image of what Modoc looked like. Mental organism designed only for killing. Mm-hmm. And entertaining you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I should go see if I have a Modoc in my studio. Hold on. <laughs> Wasn't that Mojo, though? Just a. Uh, oh, oh that's one that likes to do the, the big um, production stuff. Yeah. Modoc. And uh, of course, we had uh, news about uh, Netflix's um, Sweet Tooth trailer that was released. Yes, it looks so good. That that's something I'm looking forward to. I, I got to go back and read this story just so. I, well, I don't know. I think I'll wait till after the show comes out, just so I don't spoil. Uh, you know, kind of get into the hey, they did this different. So I, I think I might wait just to reread it. But uh, Sweet Tooth was a He's good story. What's that? Modoc is not in this studio. He's in the other studio. Oh. Do you need a second Modoc? I can send you one if you like. No, I've got like a dozen. I just didn't know I didn't have one in this studio. Modoc is my security guard. Oh. oh. Do you have one of those, like, if you cross his path, he'll make loud noises, things part of him? No, they're just hero clicks, and I use them to stare at when I interview people. So you have the giant uh, Modoc? Or the, the the semi-giant, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I wonder if they're going to bring, like, Lady Modoc into it, the fray. Miss Modoc? Miss Modoc. She looks so angry all the time. Oh, you know what we need to do? Is, uh... I'm going to have to, I'll, ju- I'll just ask him. Uh, but Hack Slash has rapped. Ooh. And we know who the publisher on Hack Slash is. We might know that, dude. Uh, aren't there like multiple publishers for Hack Slash? It's been Image, it's been Titan, it's been. Who is it now? Is it Dynamite? It is. Interesting. Where is my text message with that person? I'm going to be so mad if I don't get invited to some something Hollywood at some point. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm just, it's cool to, to talk to people that have things that are in development. It's like, I've learned that I don't know anything about it. It's like you can have something picked up for, you know, first look options or being in development. And none of that really means anything. You can even get a pilot made and right. have the be looked at and it can get dropped just because it doesn't line up with what they're going to need for that year's lineup or that, that season's lineup. I mean, that's what happened to Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard was, pilot was done. It was ready to go. And... It got dropped because there was something that was in its way 
in the lineup. And I just thought that meant that like smart, you put a lot of money in those things, right? That they just pushed it off to the next season or whatever. Nope. It's just dead. Yeah. I don't no, it, get might get, it might get picked up again, but you never know. Oh. That's yeah. Uh, because they still own the options to that mouse guard. Um, I'm gonna be so mad. So, if they make it so good. There's a there's a great movie. Um, called the TV set. That's kind of about this. And it stars David Duchovny, uh, Sigourney Weaver, um, uh, Ian Grudfeld and Judy Greer. I'm gonna. Or, uh, it was produced by Jake Kasdan and Judd Apatow. Um, it's this whole kind of process it's about how something starts as a good idea and then winds up not that. Um, there's a pretty good, there's a pretty good line. There's a pretty good cast. Uh, Allison Scagliotti's in it. Jonathan Silverman, Seth Green. Wow. Like Simon Helberg before the Big Bang Theory. Um, it's a really good cast that it's, uh, it was introduced to me is it uh, it was an idea of you have an idea for a TV show and then people mess with it and it turns out it your TV show didn't really matter. Damn. That's didn't what the show's Seinfeld about. do that um, skit once? Yeah. But is this a new our, movie? Our I mean, connection is out. not involved in the Hackslash film in any way. Wow. Bummer. Cry. Which means they're using one of the older properties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or he is, and he would have to kill us. True. No, he would tell me. I, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Yeah. yeah. Looking for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> they do have like a butt heads kind of relationship where they just like to ram heads every once in a while well that's kyle though he, he likes to do that with everybody that's what we love about him right it's how it's how my horns grow exactly <laughs> it's how i get it's how i get to be a 10 point get 10 points on my antlers <laughs> i know some things about animals <laughs> there you go we, we've got him uh writing our cthulhu versus uh man I, i'm 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 losing it <laughs> Deadliest catch, yes. So, okay, other, other, other worthwhile movie news that I'm seeing. Uh, two announcements for uh, Shazam Two, aka Shazam Two, aka Shazam Two. No. Um, what? We're still gonna Did call you not it like Shazam. My pile? No, no Gomer Pile. No, no one called. Really, Sergeant Carter? <laughs> now that was a deep Gomer Pile cut. Yeah. I could go to Mayberry RFD, but I'm not gonna. Um, but uh so um Dr. Savannah, played by Mark Strong, won't be back in Shazam 2, even though at the end of Shazam 1 they set it up that he might be with the Mindworm. Uh and they're bringing back uh Jimon Hansu's character. Um, for the the original Wizard Shazam will or will be return in Shazam Two. Fury of the Gods. 
awesome. The, it's it, what's what cracks me up is that I had to read the title like three times because on the original, um, what just happened? We just got rearranged for no reason. So That's... I did not know I could control the view for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was an individual setting. <laughs> Anyhow, so on the art they've shown for Shazam Fury of the Gods, there is a raccoon and a dog. And so the first three times I read the story, I read Shazam Fury of the Dogs. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. What happens to Billy Batson when he has to walk the family dog? Um, there's another, and it's a joke I keep making. Uh, one of the hottest players in Major League Baseball right now is Freddie Freeman. And uh, last year at the end of the year when he was having a real, real fun season, I go, somebody walk up to Freddie Fre Freeman and ask him to say Shazam and see what happens. Because he might just turn into a little kid. <laughs> None of my sportscaster friends thought that was funny. All of my nerds thought it was hilarious. All right. I just have to tell you this. because I don't know what Brainy's doing on his screen, but it's so hilarious. So for me, my view right now has got like a square in the top left that has like all of us, but only like a sliver of us. And then top right has got Kyle, but just like, just like a little part of his shoulder. And then it's a full Brainy. And then down here in the <laughs> corner has got like, Kyle, but then like some steps, like you're like there's bricks in front of you, like oh. like stones, and then all of a sudden, Brainy, just the to top torso of him, just went whoop <laughs> in front of you on the steps. And like, well, and what? I just changed it, so now it's a classroom scene. See, I, I, I'm looking at it. I my my view is back to normal, or what it was before I made that change. So I'm not certain why you guys are still in the other mode. We would have to change it again but i kind of like this one. Oh no all Wh right which one are you on i'm still on grid view so uh <laughs> if if you go to together mode um we are now at a large table yes. much like we are the jedi council <laughs> oh oh that's cool <laughs> it looks really uh, weird i'm going yeah. back to grid view look at you yeah now I want to play with this and not talk to you guys. I just want to play with the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, my apologies. Uh, no, I, I, I thought it was only going to affect me personally. I didn't realize it was going to affect everyone. Sorry, Justin, if that makes it harder to edit. <laughs> uh, so what it. other news? Did anybody else see any other news? Uh, I mean, there, there's always news. It's not... Anything amazing, anything to write home about. You know, there's always news for us. Everything is nerd news nowadays, right? Anything and mm -hmm. everything is nerd news nowadays. Nerds rule the world now. Of course, you know, back in the days when in high school when people used to tease us, we'd be like, you be careful, we're going to rule the world. Mm -hmm. We kept our word. <laughs> uh, well, and one of, the people, one of the people who led the way in that passed away today, or... We found out today that he passed away. Uh, Tom M. Thomas Inge, who was like the original Scott guy who was like, hey, we're going to teach comics as a college class, uh, passed away at 89. Oh, 85, wow. I'm sorry. Let me see how it is. I'm like four credits away from being able to say I have a, master, or a master's in 
nothing, uh, aka pop culture from Bowling Green State University. I, okay, look, undergrad, I can understand, but why the heck do they need a master's in pop culture? Oh, they offered it into a full doctorate. Oh my God. And then we complain but about the not problem being is, the, the problem they have is they can only offer classes like once every other year. Because the funding just isn't always there. Uh, yeah. So it's going to take me like 30 years to get my doctorate. And do what with it? Be able to call myself the doctor. <laughs> He's the doctor of fun. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know, I can I, literally I, be Dr. Feelgood. I don't understand why they have programs like that. Uh, it's ridiculous, you know. We have people complaining about not being able to find a real job, but their their options are to be a doctorate in pop culture. And I understand for you, Kyle, because you've got a full-time job. You've got everything set for the time being to some extent. I understand. I'm doing it because now I can I can get college credit and put off paying my student loans to watch The Simpsons. Yes. So I, Exactly. I mean, okay. I, I understand that aspect of it. But to actually like, offer a doctorate for it? Eh, anyway, <laughs> we're, we're going off on tangent again. Hey, Simpsons theory, man, it's real. Oh man, that, that's another topic for us. We should, we can probably spend an hour just discussing Simpson theory. Mm-hmm. It seems to be if you have enough opportunities to have uh, episodes that address everything that's possible to happen, which you they predict have the future in seasons, that eventually it will come true. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, I'm <laughs> there's <laughs> you take Simpsons, Futurama, and uh, Family Guy, and you've got every single thing that can ever happen. And yeah. South Park as well. Yeah, you know, they 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 did some great as well. Yeah. Um, did you guys see the South Park vaccination special? No, I haven't, I haven't watched wa South Park in years. I don't particularly find it funny, but that episode was everything. That episode, it was like every every trope, every stereotype you can imagine about people wanting to get vaccinated, not wanting to get vaccinated, and the way people were treating vaccination. Like, it had it all. It might be the only funny episode of South Park ever, or at least since Man Bear Pig. I remember. I yeah, I don't recall Man Bear Pig. It was the episode that Al Gore was in. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it was the last funny episode before this one. And before that, it was the movie. So. Yeah, that's something I say about Family Guy. Um, I, you know, jumping off from there. The first two seasons were great. You know, they ended mm -hmm. the show and they brought it back. And I still I still say the first two seasons were great. I, I don't care for the rest of the seasons. Uh, so I can understand what you mean by South Park. You know, the, it does... It does end at a certain point. Uh, however, with The Simpsons, though, you know, they've kept it going for, what, 30 years now? 30, 35 yep. years? Wow, man. Yeah, no, uh, I will say this, though. Uh, Seth MacFarlane doing the voices of Family Guy is always funny, especially when they make him do it in awkward situations, like singing Cindy Lauper songs while sitting next to Cindy Lauper. <laughs> um, or his uh, carpool karaoke with Ariana Grande, where they're singing show tunes, and he's doing it in the voices sometimes, right. and she's singing it as Ariana Grande. It's pretty great. Yeah. 
More disagree with that. I mean, every show has its uh, pluses. So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to figure out why. So I'm I'm sitting in my library. My wife basically made me move from the living room to the library, and I keep looking up and I see a six pack. It says six story books with read along DVD and CD of Benson Friends, and it's still sealed. And I'm trying to figure out why we have it when we have. Two teenagers and two adults only living in this house. Benson Friends, is that like Robert Guillaume? Oh, hold on, hold on a second. I'll I'll show it to you. Mm. It's a weird week for comics releases. (laughs) Uh. Nice. Did you get the Scholastic Book Fair for half off or something? I, I I have no idea, and it's brand new. It's sealed, but and I just cannot figure out. Why. I'm sitting right in my yeah. You got to scan the barcode now. See what it's going for on the internet. Maybe it's worth like eighty bucks. No, even if it is, I can't. It, it, if it's, it's probably something my wife got. So you know, I'm not I'm not crazy enough to sacrifice uh, sleeping on the couch just so I can go to her and be like, look, this is worth a hundred dollars now. We should yeah. put it on eBay. <laughs> but it isn't. I mean, it's been staring at me all. all... <sighs> anyway, so comics. Comics. It's a weird week. Um, I... Archie and Friends superheroes number one. We all gotta... <laughs> We've got to be excited about that one, right? It's one of only five books on my pull list this week. Wow. You expect me to Yeah, hey, I got to do a two-hour show tomorrow where I talk about what's on my pull list, and I have five books on my pull list. I got to talk to Alex Pacnadel today about uh, the Immortal Hulk. That's the one shot that he did, and I'm super excited because he totally says that there is a, a, a new Immortal Hulk form. We haven't seen yet. That nice appears in that book. Um, Goku, Immortal Hulk. Yeah, that that's a book we went uh, a little bit aggressive on compared to well, because of Alex. You know, we, you know, uh, we had to support that no matter what. Um, and I believe um, Brian K. Vaughn's brother has also got a story in there, right? His very first story. I didn't know that. Yes. Please tell me his name is just like Brian J. Vaughn. <laughs> I, I I believe it was Matt or Mark. I can't remember. Um, but I believe he is well, writing. You know, story in there. You know all the Romero. You know, like uh, there's a there's a there's a thing in the Romero family where it was George A. and now there's George C. and his son is George. Oh boy! Like V. Romero. That that must get really interesting. Is George? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All of George Foreman's kids are named George. Are there men that, <laughs> or some version of George? Yes. Okay. Now, let's let's take a step back on that. <laughs> there are. When you've been punched in the deciding, head that many times, how many names can you remember? But still, I mean, there's there's two people deciding on a name for that child. How do you convince the other person to name every single child after you? <laughs> well, and I, I I think like there's George Junior. There's Georgie, Georgia, Georgette. You know, like it's they're all Georges. 
mm-hmm. but they're not George. I, I understand that aspect of it, but still, I mean, naming one child, okay, it's understandable, but four or five children or whatever they have, I don't know how many they have, but how do you convince your spouse and say, look, we're going to name all our kids after me? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> By the way, if you ever get a chance to watch Better Late Than Never, which stars George Foreman, along with Henry Winkler, Terry Bradshaw, William Shatner, and uh, a guy named Jeff, um, do it. It's hysterical. Um, It's a semi-scripted reality show featuring those guys. The brother's name is David Vaughn. And he's he's writing his very first Marvel. I should clarify that. Very first Marvel um books it is his debut in there so but it is a book i'm looking forward to yeah and then scout's got red shit coming out which is kind of cool i talked to the writer for that today and he actually talked to jpl people to actually do the research to get it right good nice um honor honor and curse comes out with the Next episode, I don't know if you guys read Honor and Curse. It's Mad Cave book. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wish Mad Cave. Well, not Nottingham did put him back on the um, on the radar. They did. They did a great job with uh, what was it Golden Sun, Knights of the Golden Sun, or something like that. Um, that and uh, Nottingham really put him. But I, they they put out really good titles. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. People have just been overlooking them. Maybe they maybe they need a, somebody to just option out all of their books and you know get the speculators going and then the readers can actually come in. It's a very interesting industry, right? Where mm-hmm. something may not retailers can push a book no matter what, and you might handle a few, but it takes the speculators to speculate on a book to get the casual reader to come in to ask for that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and, and of course, we like casual readers because we want them to read. That's what. As much as we like collecting, we also want to re- want them to read. So it becomes a very interesting cycle where speculators are driving the demand for it, but because of them, that's where the readers start coming in. Yep. Um, there are a couple of trades on my pull list this week, which is weird because I don't generally put trades on my pull list. Um, but there is one from Fantagraphics called Only the Good Stay Dead. Yeah. That is very interesting to me. Um, that is uh, Joe Queenan and Keith Bendis. Uh, it's a little weird format, like small size landscape formatted book um, that I'm interested in. And also um, uh, uh, We Live from Aftershock. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes out and then... Uh, the, the only other book I had, uh, on, on there that's a trade is a scout book that I don't remember ever seeing a single issue. So you guys got to tell me, uh, Sengi and Tembo. Yeah, it was a nonstop book, which means they put out a number one and then they put out the trade. Correct. Okay. Well that, that explains why I don't remember seeing it. So. Yeah, I'm still mixed about that uh, format where they release a comic book and then they go straight to Tate. Uh, there was a book. Um, oh my God. It was by Humanoids. I believe it was called. 
something in the wall, whispers in the wall. Um, and I loved it. I, you know, I, that was one of those books where I was always looking forward to it. It's like the first thing I see is, like, oh, crap, I'm reading this before I put anything else out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they stopped it at issue number four or five and they went straight to trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of that little pause they had, I never really finished the book. Um, well, do you guys remember uh, a while back when a wave blue world said that that was kind of, they were going to do that with some books where it was a, and people yeah. just screamed and yelled and like made Lisa Wu cry. And like, it was all this kind of stuff. Like it was ugly when they said they were going to do it. And now scout does it. And it's, for most people, not a big deal. I, I think it's the difference is that Wave Blue World. That's that was everything. Came one one book and then a trade, and I so I don't carry any of their things because I couldn't get anyone to buy the trades. For a Scout, it's just here and there. It's not everything, and so people get to know Scout as a brand and trust it. So even though there's some that are like that, they just buy the trade because they're like, I would, I know I would have liked this as individual issues anyway. So, and and the plus of the the format is it gives people a taste of the book. For three ninety nine or two ninety nine, I don't know what they're pricing them at. And then you know, if you like it, you go ahead and buy the trade. If you don't like it, then you only wasted four dollars. So I do like that aspect of the format. Um, but for a person like me, I don't. I, if I start in a book, I, I'll stick with a book. But if I start in a comic format, I prefer stick, sticking with a uh, comic format. Um, the other thing with AWA was this was that that was a newer, new-ish. I mean, I know others have done it before. But mm-hmm. like you said, they were they were doing it for the entire line, and retailers just did not like that. It is harder for us to I get think, people to read. Right. But to come back around to where we started with being a retailer, I think on occasion retailers make up their mind before they try something. Absolutely. Maybe. Uh, but I think I think very few of the retailers who are yelling could say what Jen just said, which is, I can't sell their trades, so why would I bother? Okay. That makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? I, right. I didn't say that I, that I never carried it. I carried comics and trades and that I, I sold none of either. So smart retailer, I said, okay, I guess that the, there's not a readership or an audience for these specific books. Correct. And you know, what's interesting is um, a lot of, a lot of retailers have said their business is going more towards graphic novels. Where for us, we've seen it the other way around. We've seen a decline in graphic novels. We've seen more increase in individual books than we have in graphic novels. Of course, we've seen a, a humongous jump in you know trading cards and stuff like that. But that's a that's a different beast on its own. Um, so it, it is very interesting to see how there's a divide in that aspect as well. Wherein some retailers are saying they're 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 a graphic novel business and they're you know, so things like that. AWA will work perfect for them. Because if they're a graphic novel business is increasing, that's a perfect model for them. Where for us, it won't work. It, it, we've tried. We, you know, we have tons of graphic novels, and we, outside of the the top 20, 30, 40 books that normally sell, you know, The Walking Dead's and Saga and things like that, uh, we don't see a very much movement in individual graphic novels, especially direct to graphic novels. Right. My, my my whole thing was there are very few that I think that could give that information. Hey, we tried. It didn't work. A lot, yeah. lot more people are just like, no, I ain't going to bother. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the same boat as uh, Ms. Jen. You know, it's more of a we'll give it a shot. But um, if it doesn't work, then, you know, it didn't work. We we move on. We don't have to stick to it. But at least give it a shot. Mm-hmm. 
Because there have been, I've, I've had to eat my words before. That was with Mad Cave when I told him, I'm sorry, no one wants to read a book called Battle Cats that is exactly Thundercats. <laughs> and then, you know, I said, I talked to them for years and they finally were like, hey, can you just put some on the rack? And I was like, fine, I'll give you an end cap even. And I sat back thinking I'm going to be right. And sure enough, what sold me the most? Battle Cats. <clears throat> Battle Cats didn't do as well for us as... Uh... Honor and Curse and um, Golden Suns did for us, but yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, um, and that's why I'm 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 willing to take a little bit of risk for any small publisher that's willing to um, walk through the door or give me a call or you know stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, I'm also willing to say, hey, this is not working. We gotta stop it. Uh, another book, guys, uh, I, I don't think we should overlook is Rangers of the Divide by Dark Horse. That looks very interesting. The The cover art is beautiful, and it, it's, you know, uh, from what I've seen, it, it, it piqued my interest. So that's something I'd recommend you guys uh, check out as well. And Red Room, I don't know if you mentioned Red Room, Kyle. <laughs> Red Room is definitely the Dark Horse. I'm telling you right now, that's going to be the book this week. Um, Who publishes that? Pantographics. And the downfall, I just looked at our numbers. Wow. I, I think I missed the boat on that one. I, I know we were getting it, but I thought we ordered more than this. It was Pisker, and he kept on talking about it on social media. To his credit, he, he made sure that I paid attention to it by posting about it a lot. So. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to add a few just to be allowed. Uh, the good thing is still available. The bad news is I'm going to have to pay that extra 3%. Maybe. Um, what else we got, guys? My, one of my favorite things is the site I use to track a lot of this stuff anymore is the leagueofcomicgeeks.com website. Um, which, whatever. Um but I always love reading the community discussions on a book like Red Room. Tempted to give this a shot. Don't know if I can handle this level of detailed, twisted horror, though. <laughs> I'm like, have you ever read anything by Ed Pisker? Really? Like, He said he pulled out all the stops. Wow. He had stops before. Maybe. Okay. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm ready to have my, like, you know, my barf bag ready, and I'll call my therapist after, I guess. Uh, so, all right, anything else? Anything else we need to talk about for the good of the order? Uh, there's a lot of good reprints out, too. Yeah, a lot of third, fourth, fifth printings. Um, that's also something else. Uh, I don't know if this is becoming a trend or whether it's a good sign where we've got multiple printings where it's going to three, four, you know, third printing, fourth printing, fifth printing, et cetera. Um, is it, is it market manipulation where publishers are releasing them just to uh, make the buzz happen? Or is there really a uh, demand for them? Uh, you know, we, we order them because we know we've got the collectors that want every single cover of every issue that comes out. So we make sure we get a few in uh, and there's a few titles. I personally do the same thing with as well. You know, there's a couple of times where I want to make sure that I get every single cover. Just uh, it's one to support the title to make sure it keeps going. Uh, and second is if the cover's cool, I, I'm going to get it. Uh, but you, I, it's something I, I'm starting to wonder. It's like, hey, you know, 
with the exception of something is killing a children, which is on what ninth print or eighth print rather. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there should be that many titles that are going to that many prints, and if they are, why are they not employing the same concept that uh, Bad Idea has, where they print enough for an X amount of uh, months? You know, mm-hmm. Bad Idea has basically made sure that they have enough in stock, um, and if not, they'll print more. It's so funny because it hasn't really affected their secondary market price either. Which is crazy. Um, but at the same time, they did sell out of Walesville, so they didn't anticipate well enough. INIAC was an anomaly because they had to print prior to our orders going in because of the card stock they were using, so that was an anomaly. Uh, tankers, I believe we are still able to restock. I can't remember anymore. Um What else do they have released? I think this is only three titles, right? Yep, so that's, that's it. Plus, plus Pizza Boy. Pizza yeah. Boy was a it was a marketing situation. I don't think it's it could be considered a title or whatnot. Um, well, backup story seems to tie into something that's coming. Yes, and and we'll add a title so it counts. That is true, and it did have a barcode, so it is an official book, I guess. Suppose. Uh, but the way they did it, and I, I, you know, I know we heard a lot of complaints from a lot of retailers about the way it was handled, and I think they did a good job. I, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you there. Um, you know, we did uh, get a lot, and I am returning a lot, which is uh, good and bad. Uh, I, you know, well, we had gone heavy initially on Indiac, and that's what they based Hank Howard on. So uh, we did sell a decent amount. Um, which is, you know, in theory, we didn't make much money off it because it was a dollar bug, but it brought in people that we didn't think were going to come in. We had a lot of pre-orders for it too. So, I agree with this. I think that um, it might have brought people in that didn't previously sign up for all bad idea idea titles, or for thought and they thought they'd sign up for all bad idea. But if I told them, hey, if you're signed up for all bad idea, it'll absolutely end up in your pile. They'd be like, okay, sign me up for all bad ideas. Yeah. Now I'm just all those people definitely reading really good books and they will not be sad. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, um, it's one of those uh, books that I hand saw as well. Um, there, uh, in fact, there was a gentleman that came in a little, uh, was it two weeks ago when I was at the store? Um, actually, three weeks because a week prior he came and talked to my wife. She was she had to cover for me because I was sick. Um, and he told her, you know, yeah, Brandy told me about something that's killing and I, I, you know, I picked up an extra copy and all that and that's it, worth a lot of money now. And he's like, oh, so what else can you recommend? <laughs> so, you know, he comes back the following week and the week after. I'm like, look, first of all, I am recommending these books so you read them because they mm-hmm. are good books. They are good reads. Um, so I recommend all the bad ideas. And he, he picks up, a, you know, he picks up a couple. I'm like, look, unfortunately, I can only sell you one copy each. Uh, he and his friends were there, and their son sons were there. So they they told their sons like, "You guys got to get a copy too." <laughs> um, it, it's within the rules, right? Adam? Exactly, exactly. Um, but you know, he got excited because one we recommended, it, and I told him, "Look, you are getting these to read. I understand they've got value." I told him, "Yeah, yeah, the secondary market is hot for these, but you want to read these stories because they're good stories, um, and the paper stock's good. The book is well maintained." So yeah. Um, that is one way to sell that idea, at least. It, it, anyway, I am running out of time as well, guys. Uh, yeah, we're looking on time. 
you've covered it all. Uh, we've been going uh, well. We're uh, nine minutes over, so that's probably good. Um, unless there's something else we need to discuss, I'll do the thing. Go, Cargo. Thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out other shows on Woodlands Online, like Music Cafe, The Adventure Begins Show, The Best You, Between the Trees, Business Talk, Music Cafe, Taste Buds, and much more. You can watch all of these on Woodlands Online and our partner station, KVQT HD21, over the air on your TV if you're in the right area. All of these shows and more on Roku, Roku right now. Search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming setup. Now you can listen to our podcast show on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Pandora, and I'm sure wherever else you can get fine podcasts for free. How'd I do? You do know we're live. Yeah. <laughs> so for Brainy and Miss Jen, I've been Kyle. This has been Nerd News Now. See everybody. <laughs>